and welcome to Moonwise, a monthly podcast featuring conversations with women of power. I'm your host, Dorte Sophie Royal, and in this episode, I speak with herbalist Cami McBride about womb wisdom and the magic of menstruation. We talk about a woman's cycle as a resource for personal growth, balance, and healing, and ways in which you can honor your cyclical nature, as well as the first moon time of the young women in your life. Cami McBride has 27 years of experience teaching about sustainable wellness practices and helping people revitalize their relationship with the plant world. She works to empower people to use herbal medicine in their daily lives for home wellness care. Cami has also helped thousands of women to love their menstrual cycle with her womb wisdom classes. She created the Living Awareness Institute in 1995 with the mission of helping to inspire a culture of love and respect for the earth. She also happens to be one of my beloved herbal medicine teachers. Hi, Cami. Thank you so much for being on the show. It's really an honor to have you with us. Hey, I'm, I, it's always a pleasure talking with you. Um, and today I'm really excited to talk about womb wisdom and the magic of menstruation. And um, you are the author of the book, 105 Ways to Celebrate Menstruation, in addition to all of the work you do around herbal medicine and educating people about um, plants. And um, what I love about this book is that uh, menstruation is not commonly thought of as a time of celebration in our culture, and yet you list all these myriad of ways to actually honor this time in a woman's life. And I highly recommend the book to anyone. Um, But what you say in it is menstruation is a sign of good health. And without menstruation, there would be no human life. And I find that statement so profound. And I just, I'm just excited to talk to you about this. Yeah, well, like you said, Dorothy, menstruation is not usually thought of as a time of honor or celebration, right? It's usually, it's called the curse or that dreaded time of the month, or you're on the rag, or some people, they can't even call it a name. It's like some, somebody's visiting, your aunt is visiting, right? It's for some people, families, it's nameless. And see, these names, they're a reflection of our thoughts and feelings about it. And what it represents is a rejection of a body function. And when we reject a body function as something negative, dirty, um, there's an energetic and psychological separation from that part of the body. And so the negative thought patterns associated with menstruation are indeed, um, you know, they're part of the reason why so many women experience Um, Oh, you know, there's over 150 symptoms categorized under PMS. And so when you say, you know, you like that, that without menstrual blood, there would be no human life. Well, it's not just this icky, dirty, yucky stuff. It is the blood that feeds the baby. You know, and if you don't conceive, if you don't get pregnant or whatever, then the blood sloughs off. And so it is, it is sacred. It's, you know, it's the first place we all reside. Our first home. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, yeah, a wonderful way to think about something that often 
I know even for me, like in junior high, it's like, ew, like don't talk about that or pretend it's not happening or, you know, just keep, you know, go to work and continue plowing forward without, uh, any regard for the really sacred thing that's going on in your body and, and framing it even as sacred as something that is, is came to me much later in life. Um, and I, I know you've said in your book that menstruation is a resource for personal growth and balance and healing because it's this built-in cycle that provides us an opportunity to restore and rejuvenate each month. And um, yeah, tell, tell us more about that. Yeah. Well, first of all, I mean, if you think about it, we have, okay, so I've done the math. You don't have to do it. <laughs> We have between 350 and 500 periods in our lifetime, okay? If your monthly period is, if your your blood, monthly blood is five days long, that means that you spend 60 days a month, I mean a year menstruating, right? You spend a year and a half or more out of every 10 years of your life bleeding, Right, so it's it's part of what's supposed to be happening. That's a significant amount of time in our life force. So again, it's it's um, it's 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 what we're supposed to be doing. And um, I don't think that we were made to have this this something that our body is meant to do. Um, I don't think we were designed to be ill during this time. And again, when when you look, um, there are when you look up PMS, there are over 150 symptoms associated with it. And the medical research around PMF, PMS is inconclusive, meaning they don't know why. <laughs> There's no decisive medical etiology as to why women have PMS in the medical books. There's no agreed upon cause, treatment, or theory, right? So I really believe that nature, we are nature. We weren't created for a menstrual cycle to be sickness, to be a sickness. It's really the nurture and giver of life. We have to reflect, frame it. When you think of what the menstrual blood is, it's the nurture and giver of, of life. And it's we are biological creatures and the menstrual cycle is related to other biological cycles as the moon so you know you 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 bleed your eggs um build and then you ovulate and then everything wanes and you slough it off and you go back to bleeding that's a cycle and it's the same cycle as the moon you have the dark moon you have the waxing moon the full moon the waning moon the dark moon. It's the same. It's it's like life. It's you're you're born. You have childhood, adulthood, elderhood, and then you go back to the earth. Like that cycle of waxing, becoming full, and waning is seen everywhere in life. It's the it's the it's the diurnal cycle, the circadian rhythm. You have dawn. Right, you have midday, you have dusk, you have midnight. It's the same cycle, and the thing is, is that we embody that cycle. We embody the cycle of the earth inside of us, and so it's it's something that we can just drug up and plug up and pretend is not happening, or we can embrace it and learn about this amazing embodied rhythm that reminds us of our humanness and our connection to the cycles of the planet, of this planet on which we live. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) It's beautiful. And it makes me think of 
the way in which our culture tends to shy away from death and darkness and nighttime in general. Like we don't really want to deal with those parts of life and yet it's, it's there. And so it makes sense to me that we would also not be comfortable with this kind of release and purification of what, what could be life. Um, and that we just only want to focus on, you know, being fertile and being outgoing and being, you know, ready to work and socialize and flirt and do all these things. But we're often not so comfortable with like, no, I need to like go into this darkness, this unknown, this purging and maybe feeling things that I didn't want to necessarily face for the rest of the month. Right. So yeah, we are uh, kind of a culture on a straight line. Uh, productivity Monday through Friday. You know, the thing is, is that menstrual cycle is not reflected in our in our weekly cycle. It's like Monday through Friday, nine to five. You know, whatever. And it's um, you just every every week is the same, and then you have Christmas off. <laughs> and we don't we don't have that moon that lunar cycle reflected in our daily schedule. And but see, the thing is, is that and so what we do is we are the current primary practice in relation to menstruation is to just plow through it as if nothing is happening. Right. And again, the changing rhythm of our body cycle, it's not reflected anywhere in the calendar or work schedule. And so menstruation is actually a built in cycle that provides us with the opportunity to restore and rejuvenate each month. It's a time when the female body releases, regenerates, and heals. And so it's, again, we're we're used to just, I I think of analogy like, okay, we're up on the 11th floor. We work and live on the 11th floor of a building. And during menstruation, the body says, okay, it's time to go down to the bottom floor for a couple days so that we can rejuvenate and then we just keep hitting the 11th floor no no I want to stay on the 11th floor and the body says no 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 let's go down to the basement for a day and and so then when we keep hitting that 11th floor button that's when the body just starts to kind of revolt it says no we it it, it takes time to release and regenerate and heal it's like flowers don't bloom all year do they do do your roses bloom all year no no. Okay. Does does anything in nature stay? Does it say stump, summer all? You know that we have seasons, and everything has to have a regenerative cycle to it. I mean, we all do that. We go to sleep every night. If you don't go to sleep every night, then things don't work out very well, and that's just a daily cycle. But we have a built-in monthly cycle, and this monthly cycle. It's a, it's if we can just honor even just a little bit, like okay, it's time. This is the body's built-in process to release and heal. I know for me, if I if I just take a little bit of time off, I come back just much more productive. If you know, you want to talk about it in the sense of um, productivity. So right. it's something that it, we have this waxing and waning rhythm, and we just. Um, we need to remember that and honor it. Definitely. Um, and one thing that you've said is that during this time of menstruation, we're often more intuitive and sensitive. Um, and I know for me personally, I tend to have really powerful dreams during this phase. And so I'm curious what your thoughts are around, you know, how and why we are 
more open to information like that at that time? Well, you know, during menstruation, um, what happens is the, the uterus opens, actually opens and, and releases blood. I mean, you have to open to do that. And with, the, with this opening in the pelvis, we, there's a, a body-wide opening. It's, um, we become more perceptive. Um, we have increased sensitivity. Um, and there, it, it really is a state of expansion that's inherent to the female cycles. And, 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 and during menstruation, we're more intuitive. Um, we have heightened sensory perception. And if we're just going, 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 we can just override that, right? But if we were sitting in a room of 100 women right now, and we ask the question, how many of you have been told that you're being too sensitive? Or if you're sensitive, somebody said to you, oh, you must be on the rag. Oh, you must be on your period. 99% of the room would raise their hand. If you're sensitive, somebody will have said to you, oh, God, you might, uh, it must be that time of the month for you. Right. <laughs> Every woman almost has had that experience of being belittled, put down for being sensitive and associating sensitivity with menstruation. Right. And why isn't that a, a good thing? Like, why isn't that like, wow, this is an asset to our community that these women can feel all of this. Right. Well, sensitivity for some reason, you know, sensitivity has been demonized. Oh, you're too sensitive. You're put down for it. And so what in a lot of the work that I do, um, we work on reclaiming sensitivity and um, we work on releasing all of um, just the shame that's been put on us for being sensitive. And we, we, we um, reclaim being empowered with our sensitivity, that sensitivity is actually a powerful thing. It's, it's actually what's going to take us have us survive. You know, we have this ability as women when we have babies to be able to completely be sensitive to this, to this creature that, um, that can't totally communicate. We can sense their every need and move. That's sensitivity. That's intuition. That's how we survive. That sensitivity is what moves us forward and allows us to evolve as humans. And we've um, shamed, you know, a couple, several generations of women out of their intuition and sensitivity as part of why we're in the mess that we're in. And we need to reclaim sensitivity as something that's sacred and honored and listened to. And so the next time somebody says, oh, you're too sensitive, you just say, oh, God, thank you. I know I've really I've been working on that. <laughs> I've been really trying to become more sensitive. To, and thank you for noticing. I love that. I'm going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. And and so um what are some of your favorite ways to celebrate menstruation and to really honor that time and, and kind of support going down to, as you say, that, that ground floor and not try to be hyped up on the 11th as we are during the rest of the month? Yeah, so the first thing is... Um, just in this in this world, it's um, in this life that we're living, claiming some space so that we can actually uh, 
create the space so that our body can really focus on the release, on the healing. It's a healing time. And it's like if we just go, 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 go and focus outside of us, it's not as, there's not as much, um, it's not as opportune. It's, it's, it's not optimum. And so the first thing I talk about is, is try to help, like, can you find, can you create a space for yourself to just rest a little more, to just take a nap, to take a bath, to take a foot bath, do, you know, we give, we are, we tend to life. That's what we women do. We take care of everybody, everything, everything around us. Do you do that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Right. And so in a culture that focuses, you know, more on the weather and sports, how do we take that space for ourselves when we're working nine to five, we're a single mom or we're whatever. Um, can it, can it just be like 10 minutes at lunchtime? Can it be like, okay, I'm not going to go out tonight. I'm going to go to bed early. I'm going to, um, just carve out just whatever you can. We don't have the moon tent where you have three days of just um, being able to focus on your dreams and um, your intuition, but take something, honor yourself and take that space to just make sure you make your tea or take your bath or get to bed earlier and stay warm and journal. Have some ritual that you do that's focused on in being internal and self-reflective. And what have what I find for most, for so many women is that if they, once they, they when they start creating that space at first they just sleep because really we're we're so exhausted we're sleep deprived. But then if you can get it you can go through a few cycles where you actually you know take some extra rest and go into menstruation rested instead of exhausted. You'll find that that sensitivity is like a portal. You can have dreams. You can ask a question about something that you're uh, trying to solve in your life right now. Your menstruation can be like a like an oracle, right? It's it's an it's an opening, and so you have um, greater access to intuitive insight and things that are and truths about your life. Hmm. What that makes me think is just that how cool it is to reclaim that gift that we have, which has been framed as a curse. Um, And it truly is a gift, but unfortunately we've been taught the opposite. And so to reclaim those gifts and that honoring is really to access a root of power which I think could affect the rest of our, our lives throughout the month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. When we bring our body needs back into the conversation of our life, right. And we really um, support the female and support the feminine to be who she is, which to have that space to be sensitive and to honor the sensitivity and what comes through during that sensitive time we, you know, it's, it's like we have to have balance. We have to have one foot in intellect and one foot in intuition. And we are so many um, of our, the cultures that so many of us come from, we're focused on intellect and bottom line. And we have to restore 
this way, this intuitive way that knows that, that when you tap into that, you, you know and you feel in every fiber of your being that you are related to everything else and you are connected. And when we just get up into our head, we don't feel that connection. And that's what allows us to destroy the earth. And, but when we get back into our intuition and our body and really feel that connection and, and create from there, we don't just readily make decisions that, that put us all on the brink of extinction. Right. And so it's about, it's time to awaken this feminine way of being, of, of accessing the deep wisdom that comes through our body and knows that we are connected and related to Mother Earth. And we honor our womb and we honor the earth. Women in nature have many, you know, we have a lot in common. <laughs> right. And, and when you, like, if you go to the bookstore right now, if we, you go to, like, a, a, a bookstore, you will see all these books on how to be balanced, how to live a balanced life, you know, my life in balance. I mean, there's all, there's just, it's amazing all the how-to information there is out there right now about how to be balanced, how to balance your life. And what, what is the root of that? You know, it's, there, there are things that we're just kind of pulling out of a hat. The balance comes from honoring that cycle, that embodied cycle. When do you bleed, right? And, oh, okay, there's the balance point right there. You start with what is with the, with the cycle that dwells within our bodies. What I love about what you're saying is that Whereas many of us turn to these external sources of, you know, self-help and improving ourselves in a way, it's almost a violence to ourselves because we have this feeling like, oh, I have to do this. I have to do that. But what you're saying is, no, the beauty of it is that all you have to do is be what you really are and actually pay attention because it's, it's in you. Like every, every woman on the planet, you know, has these cycles, whether, you know, whether they have like a medical situation around their womb or not, like they have energetically this going on. So you don't have to do anything. You can just be there. Yeah. We can tap into a wisdom that comes directly from our own inner resource, right? It comes from our own inner resource. You don't find it in a book. It's body based information that's particular to our unique, uh, situation. Right. And, we, if we can start to work with our body instead of being at war with it, instead of suppressing the gifts of this amazing, incredible temple that we've been given to our manifest our lives through, you know, so when you start befriending the cycle, when you take the elevator down and you befriend and stop, you know, just taking drugs and, um, I, like, again, I say bl- plug up and drug up and go on as if nothing's happened. <laughs> right. And then it's like you, you go to war with your body. You, your body starts um, fighting you back. And, um, and if we can just kind of surrender to, to what our body's telling us, we can, again, we tap into a wisdom that's our, that is our own inner resource. And we need our body as an ally in this endeavor, right? We need our bodies. <laughs> we need the wisdom that comes from the, you know, what we've already got. Right. The body doesn't lie and neither does nature. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Um, one thing that really strikes me about what you've talked about is that your thought that, you know, it doesn't make sense that nature would create something in which we're just sick for a couple days every month. And that really resonates for me in that, you know, if we are taking care of ourselves and we are healthy, then um, maybe we don't need to be in pain and, and suffering and, and having like a really kind of negative experience. You know, certainly things might be uncomfortable. And of course we are releasing and purifying. I love all the herbal um, suggestions you have in your book around like teas and baths and things that can really help soothe symptoms so that it doesn't have to be such a painful experience as some people have it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I get it. Early on, when I um, in my herbal, when I saw, when I started seeing clients um, as an herbalist, people, you know, women would come to me. What am I going to take for my PMS? My PMS? My PMS? And I, I literally heard the herbs say to me, "Sorry, we can't do this." <laughs> I, I, I had this voice or, or this this energy say, "No, no, we we are not going. We cannot take care of this." You 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 can't just do what you're doing and expect the herbs to take care of all this pain. These 150 possible, you know, 70% of American women experience uh, one or more of these 150 symptoms associated with menstruation. It's the collective voice of the feminine just saying, stop. It's an alarm clock saying, stop. We're not doing things right. That's what all that is. And not all of it. And, you know, sometimes there's physiological things that create pain, but in general. And so the first thing really is um, it, the, seeing this, 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 this event, this cycle as something to be honored. And it is amazing how many women... I have seen just completely turn their PMS around by just taking that space for themselves. And the other, the second biggest thing I've seen help PMS symptoms is not using tampons. I've seen so many symptoms arise from from tampons, from holding the blood, having that stagnant blood held inside you. Um, I've seen so, so many women heal their PMS just with those two things. And then from there, it's, you know, find the tea. I mean, chamomile tea is amazing for, you know, you get, you make your chamomile tea and you drink your tea and you take a break and it, it can be so simple. It can be really, really simple. Um, when you, when you appreciate and honor your cycle, you can, Basically, what happens is you, you the the symptoms um, you find many of the problems surrounding menstruation are your body letting you know that you need to trust your irritation, you need to trust your fatigue, and spend some time resting and allowing your body to release. And once we start to appreciate and honor that, what happens is I find that women. Um, they start to awaken. There's an awakening that happens to um, to the healing power of menstruation. There's a healing power that comes from uh, resting and opening to the sensitivity. And that healing starts to then move into our lives. It starts to guide and shape and permeate our lives. Wow. And so... 
for many of us, the root cause of why we aren't honoring this is because our first major life transition of our first period um, wasn't celebrated, or for some people, it might actually be traumatic. And so I'm curious if you have any recommendations about how to move forward in honoring the first menstruation of our daughters or other young women around us. Right. So it's true. We we have the possibility to heal ourselves and heal the next generation coming up. And it's a very potent time. And so what the, one of the main things is to... Um, to work on breaking the silence. Um, there's there's so few places where we learn about how to, how to take care of ourselves. You know, I don't, I don't know. Did you get that class in junior high? No. <laughs> yeah, you know, we got like a two-hour movie, right? And then, and then it's like, figure it out. There's silence, the silence. There's very, very few places where we can find good information. I mean, it's, it's mainly our information comes from products comes from the companies trying to sell us products and they use a lot of shame to try to sell us those products so this the main thing is that the the silence right in the silence in this inheritance of silence is such a a meager um preparation for for living through this profound cycle Right, that that we that awakens in our body. We have to break the silence, and um, you know, just like oh, here's the bat, here's the box of pads. Figure it out, right? <laughs> and so, what could be you know a sacred body of knowledge passed on to a girl as her rightful inheritance? It's just found in like bits and pieces. You know, you have to dig deep, and it's. I feel like we just leave our girls to the wolves you know, to the companies that, that sell them products. And so we have to break the silence. And the way we break the silence is we really just start talking about it, start talking about it before it happens. And we have to, if, if we're going to be talking to a girl in our lives, we have to go back and look at what was our first menstrual experience. And we have to do a little bit, you know, I get so many moms, I want to help my daughters. And it's like, well, first, we're going to work on our own first menstrual experience. And what was that for you? And just do a little bit of work and, and memory work and just how you felt around it, what happened for you around your first menstruation. Because the girl that you're going to be working with to help her, she's going to see right through you. You're going to be like, oh, period's a great thing. You're going to be a woman. And they're like, well, what's up with you? <laughs> how are you doing it? You know, they're not going to listen to what you say. Teenagers don't listen to what you say. They, they, they're watching, right? Mm-hmm. And so I work with a lot of moms, just helping them do the preparation to be able to prepare their daughters. And so we have to go back to our first menstruation. And I've listened to more than a thousand women tell the story of their first menstruation. So I have some, some statistics around that. And the number one most common thing that women say is, I don't remember. I don't, I don't really remember. I don't remember. You know, I think I was 11 or maybe 12, but I don't, I don't remember. So the first thing we have to do is recover that memory. The second most common thing women say is like, oh, I remember, I know, I was in my truck, I was in my dad's truck, but I remember and I hated it. I was embarrassed. So when you have that, those lens 
when you start looking at your menstruation through those two lenses, it's, it's not going to be good. If it doesn't start out good, how do you expect it to be good? Uh-huh. The female cycles are a continuum. Menarche, first menstruation, sets the stage for menstruation. Menstruation sets the stage for how you experience fertility, pregnancy, menopause. They are not isolated events. It's a continuum And every part, you know, menage affects every other part of your womb cycle throughout your life. So it sounds like we really need to reevaluate how we're (laughs) approaching this with our young women and healing it for ourselves first, as you say. Yeah. It's the foundation uh, for, you know, our well-being and self-esteem, right? If you, if, you, if you hold this cycle every month and you hold it in shame and disassociation, like, oh, it's, I don't even remember. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh here's my period. Oh, darn. You know, it's, it's, it sets the foundation. It, 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 it um, affects your wellness throughout your life. Uh-huh. And it's so sad because it's truly it's your capacity to create life that you're shaming. Mm-hmm. Right, just imagine the group of, you know, elder women in your life gifting you over time with what you need to know to honor your body, right? To take care of yourself during menstruation. Imagine your mother or your grandmother or your aunt or a woman in your life, an elder woman in your life, teaching you to track your cycle, right? And teaching you how to nurture your body in preparation for this release, right? What would that be like if we had those women to to talk to us and train us in how to take care of and honor this sacred bundle that we that we carry within us? That would be amazing. <laughs> and that, that menstruation is associated with beauty and majesty and meaning and mystery and dreams, and respect. <laughs> we need a new story. We've got to create, We, you know, it's, it's time for a new story. And that culture, our outside culture, is not changing anytime soon. The culture begins in our homes, each of our homes, how we talk to our girls, that putting that bundle together for them so that they don't have to just you know, I think of it like a cloak, like the grandmothers, they, they weave a cloak for the girls instead of the girls having to, like, you know, scrounge up some thread, build the loom, teach themselves how to weave, right? And then it's just a big tangled mess. It's so nice if you have somebody that says, hey, this is where we've gone before. This is, let me give you some tips. <laughs> Break the silence. And the implication that could have for that girl's self-esteem and sense of place within her community and the world, the, her ability to create not only other humans, but actions and, uh, yeah, things in life, um, it could be really far-reaching. Well, I mean, when you think of, you know, so when you, when you have a baby, you hopefully have a midwife. I feel like that age of a girl needs a midwife. She needs the midwife for her soul, the midwife for the awakening of her female, of her feminine spirit. And 
um, in, in, in the United States right now, that age group between 11 and 23 has the big, biggest statistics. It's, it's, um, the time of the, um, uh, it's, the, it's a time in a girl's life when, um, there's the highest rape, when there's the highest transmission of, um, trans, uh, sexually transmitted disease of, um, eating disorders, right? There's just, it's a very high statistic age, right? Well, I just got chills when you said that because it made me think that there should be something akin to a doula for that transition of life. Like, why don't we have that? I mean, I'm, let's let's make it, folks. People listening, <laughs> right? We need our we need the, the girls need somebody watching them, tracking them. Who are they? Who is this girl? Not what should she be, but who is she awakening to be? You know, the role of the aunt, the aunties, right? It's the, the, the women that are tracking and initiating them and teaching them. And what happens, you know, we need rites of passage. We need rites of passage. And when you allow 14-year-olds to create their own rites of passage, mm-hmm. you're, you're lucky if sometimes if they live through it. Sometimes they do something that's gonna be with them. You know, it's not it's not there, it's it's not right. We don't we don't let fourteen year olds initiate themselves. Right. We don't we wanna we don't can we be a culture? Can we say yes to being of the culture, to being the people that say our girls deserve better than that? They deserve to be nurtured and supported and cared for in a really deep way and taught how to take care of themselves. What a beautiful vision. Thank you, Cami. Um, we have uh, just about 10 minutes left, and I wanted to see if there's anything else that comes to mind that you'd like to get across about this topic or any other tips that you think would be useful to share? I would say find, find, find your, find your peeps. (laughs) Even if it's one other woman, we, this is not something that we do alone. This is something that, um, we, you know, so maybe you have a daughter or a niece, find another woman that's also interested in, um, creating things, creating a good way for, for the girl in her life and start meeting. So I've helped many, many circles of women form, um, mom, mother circles where the, the mothers get together and they do their work without the girls. They, they remember their first menstruation. They, uh, they grieve, they talk about what, what happened. Um, then they talk about what they would have liked to have happened. Then they recover their shame memories and they, they, you, you get with the group of women and do some of your, uh, memory work first. And then, um, then you can start thinking about how you want to work with the girls because it's not just something that a mo- the one woman does with a girl. It really, I've seen this over and over in, um, again, I've, I've helped initiate a lot of these uh, women's wisdom circles. Um, it's, it's the group. It's, it's having, having, if you want to call them like aunties around, helping you, somebody that you can talk to beside your mother. And so find even just one other person that you can start doing this work with and, um, 
and 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 just get it moving in your in your community. Well, thank you so much, Cami. This has been deeply inspiring and enlightening. And um, for those who are interested in learning more about your work um, and your herbal teachings, and I know you have courses online as well, where can people find you? Yeah, you can just look me up online, Cami McBride, K-A-M-I McBride, also livingawareness.com. Um, my book is The Herbal Kitchen, and I also have a lot of online courses to help uh, empower women to be more in touch with the wisdom of the plants and the wisdom of your womb. And thank you, Dorothy, for for doing this work. I'm so, I'm so grateful for for what you're doing and bringing the voice of, of women into the world. I'm, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really, really grateful for the work that you're doing. Thank you so much. Well, you know, I'm trying to erect, uh, our own little virtual moon tent here. So I <laughs> hope it can be a resource. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the show. I hope it will inspire you to start celebrating your monthly cycle and the young women in your life in a new way. Visit us on the website at moontent.co to share your thoughts, and while you're there, you can sign up to get a free digital copy of my booklet, Moonwise, A Guide to Celebrating Your Cycle, which is full of tips and practices to take care of yourself throughout the month. And stay tuned in the new year when I'll be releasing a line of teas and herbal treats for hormonal health. I can't wait to share them with you. If you enjoyed the show, please rate us on iTunes and write a review. Our theme music is Butterflies March by Sophie Cooper from her album Rewilding, available on Bandcamp. That's our show. I'll see you on the next new moon. (laughs) 